The Way Out Podcast, episode 109. When I was able to begin to forgive others, I started to experience forgiveness. I kind of took it upon myself to blame my addiction on how I was raised and what I had to see. You know, and my sponsor told me in step four, he's like, put down everybody. You know, even if you think you've forgiven them, even if you don't think you have a resentment in connection to them. I said, all right. So I put them down and then I went through it and I realized, yeah, I do still replay this. I do still think about this and I do still feel the hurt from it. So obviously I'm resentment. I'm resentful. Resentment is like drinking poison Mm -hmm. and expecting the other person to get sick. You know, through forgiveness of others, I'm able to forgive myself. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on this week's installment of The Way Out. Sharing stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions. The Way Out does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. Our purpose is to share with you, one episode at a time, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. The Way Out podcast is sponsored by Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check out the official website of the Way Out Podcast at www.wayoutcast.com. There you will find links to our latest episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Radio FM. You can also follow the Way Out Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Help us get the message out that lifelong recovery from alcoholism and addiction is possible by giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Have a question or comment about an upcoming or previous show? Call us right now. Area code 218-382-1960. Call us anytime, day or night, and leave us a message on whatever is on your mind. Maybe it's a previous episode topic or something that you're struggling with in your own recovery. Call us at 218-382-1960 and leave the Way Out podcast hosts a message and we could feature it on our next episode. That's 218-382-1960. Help us recover out loud. Don't forget to check out allrecoveryrings.com and get yourself or a brother or sister in recovery, a handmade ring from a medallion from the recovery program of your choice. That's all recoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason and Tracy, I'm Charlie, and we'll be your hosts for this week's discussion on forgiveness in recovery. Forgiveness in the context of addiction and alcoholism recovery is an essential and transformative process which in classic paradoxical fashion actually releases the forgiver, providing the crucial freedom from the bondage of often long-held and seemingly justifiable resentments. We provide good working definitions of forgiveness and its inversely connected condition, the state of resentment. Plus, we take calls from the Way Out podcast listeners.
Listen up. Tracy. Jason. What up? How you doing? Welcome to the Way Out Podcast, brothers. Hey. Yeah, it's good to be here. We got a topic that we're going to be launching into here very shortly, but before we do that, we are going to introduce the Way Out Podcast audience to our guest co-host, Tracy. Tracy, thank you so much for coming into the Way Out Podcast studios to share on a really important topic, forgiveness and recovery. Before we dive into that topic, introduce yourself to the Way Out Podcast audience. Like I said, I'm happy to be here. My name's Tracy. Um, I live up in Anoka, Minnesota. I'm from northern Minnesota. I've been sober probably, well, I guess my date is July 27th, July 21st, 2017. That's fantastic. July 21st, 2017. By my my math, you're coming up on 18 months. Correct. That's That's amazing. So... Tell me a little bit about your recovery program of choice. Okay. Well, I originally I worked the steps through Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I started recovery actually April 26, 2016. Um, A year and three months in, I got my wisdom teeth pulled and I took a little too many Vicodin and, you know, had to restart my date. Mm -hmm. Told my sponsor the next day. You know, that's one thing I guess I've gained through working the steps was the ability to do do the thing that didn't keep me in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're going to launch into uh, our recovery topic this week, which is forgiveness and recovery. Huge topic, right? It is. And the first thing that I think we should do in classic way out podcast fashion is define the word forgive, which is obviously the root of forgiveness. And so according to the uh, dictionary, we have a Way Out podcast definition. So to forgive is to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. Sounds about right. It does sound right. And you know what (laughs) word is in there? resentful mm-hmm. interesting that in the in the very definition of the word forgive is the word resentment the opposite the opposite right. of forgiveness so the opposite of forgiveness tracy is to resent and the definition of that is to feel bitterness or indignation mm-hmm. At a circumstance, action, or person. Hmm. You know, I that makes sense. But I guess for me, I was looking at this maybe on a more personal level. Um, for me, I was thinking that the opposite of forgiveness would be guilt. Um, <clears throat> recognizing my own, you know, complete brokenness. Um, you, you know, like... How often do we we let guilt seethe into us and we hang on to that and we, we feel guilty, but we try to, you know, justify it or explain it away or ignore it until it fades away. Um, 
But the fact is, is like we are guilty, right? Like none of us are perfect. That's for sure. So we're all guilty of something, right? So that's the way I was looking at the opposite of forgiveness. So let me ask you a question. Is it guilt or is it shame? Well, I guess it could be both. I mean, they're kind of closely tied together. Um, But I've looked at it as guilt because guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is there's something wrong with me. With me. Right? Right. And that's different to me. So I was looking at it in the guilt standpoint. Yeah. You could be ashamed at your behavior. Right. And you could be guilty for what you did. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but then you look at what's the antidote for guilt, forgiveness. And it's interesting you bring that up because that sounds a lot like the, it feels a lot like the shame and guilt that I had directed toward myself, which prevented me from forgiving myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way you're looking at it would be self-forgiveness. And the way we talked about in the beginning would be forgiveness for others. Right. And that's an interesting dynamic that we talk about, that we can, that let's launch into that, right? Because there's right. really, when we talk about forgiveness and recovery, those are the two main avenues for of sure. forgiveness. For I sure. have to forgive other people. Definitely, they're both and crucial, I have to forgive, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I have to forgive myself. Yeah. But the process really... So let's talk about forgiving other people. Let's talk about that process. And um, what I want to know is... Start with Jason. Tell me the most important people you forgave in your recovery and why you forgave them. Why you? F- what was the motivation behind forgiving these people in recovery? Um, well, A, I guess the first... The most important people would have been, you know, like my my mother, my my oldest two children's um, mom and like her whole family. Like I felt, you know, for many years I had a victim mentality, like they pushed me out of my kids lives and stuff, which couldn't have been farther from the truth. But I didn't know. Couldn't see it till I got in recovery. Um, also, my abuser, I was sexually abused by my cousin when I was a kid repeatedly and um, another thing that I just kind of hung on to my whole life is like part of my story that I would always tell people when I was getting to know them and, you know, get <laughs> pity from people, I guess, through that. And I, I don't know, um, for me, it, it didn't occur to me the importance of forgiving them until I was, you know, working them steps and, and developing a deeper understanding of, of this the principles of this program and what makes it work. And a big part of it was that that is all just toxic weight. Right. And I had to let it go when you forgive them. It's for you, not for them. Um, you're doing it so you can be free. And so wait, I want you to repeat that when you forgive them, it's for you, not for them so that you can be free. You're setting the weight down. You're walking on. But now that wasn't enough for me to actually do the acts of forgiveness. Um, What actually made it possible or easy, if you will, as easy as it can be, it's tough at first, but it made it possible for me. It was when I realized that in doing it, the first, you know, like first actions of forgiveness that I was able to extend to others, I just noticed, and it, I don't think it was a coincidence at all that this, 
you know, subsequent me being forgiven um, by some people. Uh, and I, I came to realize that if I want to receive forgiveness, I need to forgive others. If I want to receive grace, I need. So then there's a payoff. Right. And that was what made it possible for me. You had to forgive in order to be forgiven. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. In the process of you forgiving that other person, regardless of what transgressions, hurts, harms were perpetrated, perceived or real. Right. And that was important for me, the perceived or real. <clears throat> yeah. Right? And, you know, the forgiveness that I received usually wasn't or wasn't necessarily from the people that I forgave. It was just weird how it worked out that way. When I was able to begin to forgive others, I started to experience forgiveness. And when you, you know, it's just like so many things in this recovery process for me where it didn't make any damn sense, but I followed the suggestions and then it, you know, it is revealed to me later. And And I get this, gratification that sticks around we call delayed gratification right Mm -hmm. not that instant kind that fades away right away and leaves you feeling empty right tracy tell me the people in your recovery that were the most important for you to forgive and why i think initially i mean so this question makes me think of step four and five Mm. um maybe we can discuss that more after a bit absolutely um you know, the first ones that come to mind are definitely my mom. And I would say, I would say like, I think my mom's, one of my mom's ex-husbands comes to mind, you know, and I thought that I had forgiven, I thought I had forgiven my mom for, for the things she had done or the things that us kids experienced in life. You know, we we were raised around an alcoholic ourselves. So there were times, of course, where I kind of took it upon myself to blame my addiction on how I was raised and what I had to see. You know, and my sponsor told me in step four, he's like, put down everybody. You know, even if you think you've forgiven them, even if you don't think you have a resentment in connection to them. I said, all right. So I put him down and then I went through it and I realized, yeah, I do still replay this i do still think about this and i do still feel the hurt from it so obviously i'm resentment i'm resentful yeah that's a couple really interesting things that you just said tracy Mm -hmm. number one you were refeeling it that's literally what the word resent means right right? it's latin comes from an old french word called resentir which legitimately means to refeel. And that's what resentment is. This playing back that experience over and over and feeling all of those awful feelings again. Right. So we're literally torturing ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, we're literally putting ourselves through that negative, sometimes traumatic experience. Right over and over and over and there's a lot of expressions that bring that idea to life right like resentment is like 
drinking poison mm-hmm. and expecting the other person to get sick. I love yeah. that. I love that line every time. You yeah. know? So why forgive? And I think about this is what I tell a lot of people is, you know, through forgiveness of others, I'm able to forgive myself. And I think of that all the time. And there's another guy in recovery that I know and something he always says on many different topic topics is like how free do you really want to get yes mm. i think that's something important to think about what about it what what a way to phrase that in terms of a challenge yeah right yeah, i love it i love it too yeah how free do you really want to be mm-hmm. right it's even just you. that word challenge right that yep. connotates like fluff yeah you know let me show let you let's play where before you were like <laughs> No, you you got this reservation you won't let go of, but all of a sudden somebody like puts it on you like that and you're like, Oh, that's all right. Watch this, watch this. I'm gonna do it, you know. Weird. So let's walk through the paradox that both of you just brought up, which is mm-hmm. I'm forgiven when I forgive. Right? Now, right. how the f- <laughs> is that possible? Here's how it worked for me anyway, and you guys can tell me if you can relate to this. When I forgave that person, I had to go through a process of putting myself in their shoes. Right. And I had to be compassionate. I had to find a place of compassion for that person. No matter how hard I had to try, no matter how long I had to try, no matter how much I had to pray, Mm -hmm. I had to get to a point of compassion for that person and understand their plight to the extent that it was possible to forgive their harm to me. And, and what, if was, I can, what was the avenue that got you there to that place? You empathy. Know, I was going to say humility, you know, because when I realize that I had a part in these things mm. that I thought I didn't, mm-hmm. right? For years, I thought... That I didn't do nothing wrong in this situation or that situation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And when I could finally objectively look at it all and be like, you know what? You know, maybe not in that like specific instance, but in the course of our relationship, I was very selfish, you know, or whatever it may be. Then you can go, you know what? I'm going to give him one. You know, you can give him a break. Whatever our protestations are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our mm-hmm. resentments, our self-pity, oh. selfishness, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they mm-hmm. retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some point in the past, we have made decisions based on self which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, riot, though he usually doesn't think so. It was awesome when he first started reading that. Tracy's over there like lip syncing along. (laughs) He knows the words. That's good stuff. That's straight from Alcoholics Anonymous. Absolutely. Page 62. So that's interesting you talk about step four and five because step four and five allowed me to understand that I had a role in it, that I had a part in it, that these people weren't just out to get me, that most of the time, if not all of the time, there was some role. Now, when you talk about traumatic and abuse 
and you talk about sexual abuse, physical abuse, those kinds of things, right? Um, that can be a completely, that could be difficult, right? Um, but for most of our resentments, right? We put ourselves often, and I can speak for myself, I put myself in a position because I was making decisions based upon my self-interest alone. But I didn't think so at the time. Right. Yeah. So the process of putting myself in a place of compassion, of humility, and empathy allows me to forgive the other person for their transgression. And then I think about my transgressions and I somehow am able to find that same compassion, humility, and empathy for myself. And that is how I am able to experience forgiveness. Right. 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 Unforgiveness leads to resentment and that resentment in turn hurts us specifically so to be free of resentment like it talks about in the big book how do we deal with this business of resentment one way that they do it and i try to i gotta think this every single day and some people might say that it's that it's maybe wrong but you know it works for me like i gotta look on these people as like they're sick like they're spiritually sick i think that's an important piece for this being rid of resentment to uh, to forgive somebody frees me of my resentment then i'm free you know how free do i want to get again like i don't know that's important to me when i'm having a hard time forgiving somebody for something there is a reading that's in the daily reflections that talks about that right that aren't we at all at some level spiritually sick yeah. oh yeah yeah whether we're alcoholic or not or drug addict or that's not. right well like i was almost gonna chime in when tracy was saying that about you know unforgiveness leads to resentment and resentment i was just gonna be like will lead you to do all sorts of stuff i mean it, it doesn't just it'll end up in like using or drinking or whatever it's it comes out in all sorts of different kinds of ways you know our and it says that in the big book too, you know, that our disease will continue to manifest itself in different ways. And that's why this is a like process of lifelong learning and growth where we have to keep our side of the street clean. And this, this all entails work right on our part that we have to continue to do. So resentment is the number one offender, Mm -hmm. according to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And forgiveness is the antidote. And forgiveness is the antidote to that. Boom. I like that. Yeah. And I loved me. <laughs> I loved me a good resentment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Back in the day. I was going to okay. say until you didn't. Yeah, no. we would almost feed off that. You know I what? Would I mean? Oh my god, did I feel powerful. Right. Oh my god, did I feel self-righteous and justified. <laughs> isn't right? That, isn't that Look true? what they did to me. Absolutely. Feel bad for me. Hundred <laughs> percent. If if I feel bad for you. If you were me, you'd drink too. Yeah. Yep. That oh, righteous yeah. indignation. Excuse. I deserve this drink. <laughs> for real. And that's yeah. how it got, right? Yep. Right. Like who wouldn't do what I'm doing, you know? Because I don't want to feel this. Yeah. But I, I got I think many times I got euphoric off of the resentment before I engaged in my 
drug of choice. Right. 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 You said that I think about this. So early in recovery, setting the drugs, the alcohol aside, how do I start reacting to life? That's when the character defects, the character flaws really start to manifest. <laughs> you know, unless I'm vigilant, vigilant, vigilantly, vigilant, vigilantly <laughs> working, <laughs> working right. my program. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. And through this process of, so step nine is a lot about forgiveness. And I want to talk about that in step nine, right? Because in step four and five, I, I, I got a real, if I did it right, and I did it honestly, mm-hmm. I got a very clear accounting of how I showed up or didn't show up in people's lives. Yeah, your sponsor gives you a big old serving of some humble pie for sure. No doubt about it. Yeah. And then I'm very aware based on that process what my character defects are, what my chief character defects are. And I take that into step eight and nine. Yeah. And step eight allows me to be willing. And so I have to I have to get willing. And I gotta tell you, early in recovery. There was some people I was not willing. Mm. You know, I had that list, right? And it was interesting. So I delayed on step eight because I didn't want to do step nine, which I right. think is pretty common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think I was the only one. And I'm in a meeting <laughs> and sort of like my other sponsor, you know, you know, you've got that one. I I don't know if everybody is, but I do. Um I'm talking about step eight, how I really need to do it, and it's been a while, and blah, 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 right? And dude <laughs> just talks out of turn, cross talks, like, and he's, and, and I love him to pieces. He's like, dude, it takes 10 minutes. Take the names off right. of your step four <laughs> and don't put them on a new piece of paper. Don't throw your step four away. Uh, right? Yeah, don't do it. Don't do that. Everybody's like, I want to burn it. <laughs> it's like, no, we need that. And I was like, so now you're going to put yourself through the painstaking writing of it all again. Absolutely. And I was like, dickhead. Some people need that, though. But I did. So so the following week, <laughs> it's like an hour and a half before my meeting, and I haven't done it yet. <laughs> and I don't want to see him again because he's going to call me out on it, right? So I get out a piece of paper, you know, and, you know, um, it took like 12 minutes I'll I'll have you say now there was a cigarette and a potty break in there. Okay, uh-huh. so it was probably uh, ten. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the process of writing that down, I had this now, later, way later, right? Right. There were certain people that I was willing to make amends to, now ish. Right. Later, and then I was told I couldn't have a never. But I had a way later list. Mm -hmm. And that meant never. And that was my brother. And that was my ex-wife. Or you thought. Soon to be ex. You thought that meant never at the time. Right. Correct. And my sponsor said, yeah, you're doing those right away. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You know? Um, You're like, dick. Fucker, man. (laughs) Right? And thank but, God for sponsors. Yeah, right. <laughs> they know what's up. And I had to do the prayer, the two week prayer for my um, ex wife. Or when mm-hmm. you pray, pray until 
you mean it. Pray until you feel that you really feel that you mean it. Correct. It took longer than two weeks. I'll have you say. Yeah. I'll have you know. <laughs> Much longer. I'm sure. Okay. But I got to a place where I was ready. Where you? Yeah. Yep. Became and willing. That's why it says that at the beginning of step eight. I think it's side note. Real set. Real quick side note. <laughs> you know, you just said that you just did it. Like you got pushed to that point where you just put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, you know, you just do it and this magic takes place. I think that's the best way to describe it with all these steps. Yep. I just one foot in front of the other. The action always preceded, right? The change in me. Right. Absolutely. Every single time in this program, whether it was connecting to the God of my understanding whether it was forgiving other people, forgiving myself, whatever the process that the change that occurred in me was always preceded by action that didn't seem to make any sense to me at the time. Yeah. And like you were saying, Jason, we understand this backwards, right? Yeah. Right. And so I make this amend to her, right? And I'm only owning up to my side, right? And you stay away from what they did. Bingo. I just owned how I did or did not show up in that relationship. And I owned it all. And then I didn't say sorry ever because that's not what this is. Mm -mm. And I asked her, I, I offered up if there's anything that I can do to make it right which is the amend part. Let me know. Let me know. And that's an open-ended invitation. But in that process, I must have said that I had to pray for her in order to, you know, get ready for this. Right? And so when we left, right before we left, she's like, yeah, if I had anything to make amends for, I totally would, but I don't. And I I was fucking bit my tongue off. I swear to you, Uh, I almost bit my fucking... uh, are you are you fucking kidding? He was mad, right? Are you are you are are you serious? And I get into my car and I just new resentment. Yep. And I call, <laughs> and I call my sponsor, right? And he's uh, like, <laughs> "That's not your job. You uh, did what you were supposed to do, and you should feel good about that. Right. If nothing happens from here, you did what you were supposed to do. You set out." And accomplished something that most people don't, right? And you should feel good about that in your recovery, right? And despite the fact that she offended you at the end, you have the ability to let it go, Absolutely. forgive her. And I did, and I you let know? it go. So yeah, I, I and I just let it go. And so I, and I had to pray for her again. It was another whole two weeks of praying. Oh, I bet <laughs> you're like. But then at the end, I bet you were like. What did I expect? I mean, of course she did that. Like, that's 100%. who she is. Exactly. You know, like, and that's okay. We don't, we're trying to change us, not them. You and know it was I mean? such a great experience to understand that I didn't need her to own up to anything in order to free myself right. from that resentment. And I was free. It's a yeah. good way to be free of self-centered selfishness, I think. It was one of the most important lessons for me in recovery two weeks later no it was probably three weeks later or maybe even a month she reaches out to me says hey you know what 
Yeah. I've been thinking about this. Hmm. And ever since you said you had to pray for me, I realized I did. And she just owned it. And I was and 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 owned her side. Right. Awesome. Awesome. And I didn't need it at that point, which is the irony. Right. Right. <laughs> so she owned all this. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually I, that's great. You know, but I I, I released you. I didn't. It's, you know what, though? That's why it came to you like that. Right. Because you released her because you let it go, you know, and there's so such a gift in that in letting go and forgiving people. It's, you know, think of the shackles that we drag around by our ankles, man, our whole life. I mean, just so much weight that was never ours to carry in the beginning or in the first place. It was it was never our burden to carry any of it. And we just hang on to everything, don't we? We do. And, you know, for the non-addict and alcoholic, they are allowed to have this resentment, right? (laughs) And it doesn't doesn't get them drunk. It doesn't get them high, right? right? And it doesn't lead to a progressive illness that, if left untreated, will kill us. Right, right? but you yeah, can't deny that it doesn't still like have a negative effect in their life or come out in sideways ways. It's just maybe not um, as bad. But sorry, Tracy, <laughs> go ahead. Sometimes I joke around and I just say I don't, as an alcoholic addict, I don't have the luxury to resent. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll die. It's the reality. That's right. That's the reality. And that's where it all starts, right? <clears throat> hmm. I was thinking of step eight and nine real quick. Um, it's important for me to keep my program as simple as possible. And I do that. There's a bookmark, AA bookmark, and it talks about the principles of the program. And it has one principle for each step. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't all have more than one principle, but these are some specifics to focus on. And step eight is brotherly love. And step mm-hmm. nine is justice. And so I think about that. You know, you brought up compassion that goes right along with brotherly love and then Absolutely. this justice piece, this action of taking ownership of our part and doing our best to make amends. That's real justice there. Yeah. And when we set right these transgressions, I really believe in a very spiritual way that that's cl- that's that that further clears the the channel so that I'm able to connect to the God of my understanding. Right. right. In a more pure way. Yeah. Well, look at it. Let let's look at it this way too. You know, forgiveness is essentially it's it's an action that we can take that is a catalyst to our personality change, right? Like it's it's that personality change that completely blows wide open our potential and our quality of life. And where we can go from here, because we're not, we're choosing not to be resentful anymore. We're choosing to give grace because why? Because we want to and are actually at this point in doing the steps, we're already um, experiencing grace for ourselves. So let's talk about grace because grace is a very, very, very interesting term that's inextricably in my mind connected to forgiveness Mm. grace doesn't doesn't require a um there is no (laughs) 
uh, I'm trying to think, no requirement to receive grace. There's no prerequisite. Unmerited, undeserved favor. Um, You mind if I share a story about grace? Absolutely not. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> that was very like dramatic. Absolutely <laughs> not. I don't mind, motherfucker. It goes right along with what we've just been talking about, the forgiveness. And then we brought up step eight and nine. But this is where I really experienced grace. And I'll call it grace of God just because we're talking of God of our understanding. And AA points to definitely some power greater. But uh, so I went to make an amends or make, you know, my attempt at an amends with my dad, who, who I've used a lot in the past, you know, I've taken money from him. I've used him for a place to stay. I've used him for food to eat. I've taken his vehicles and beat his vehicles into the ground. I've stolen (laughs) thousands and thousands and thousands dollars worth of guitars from him and pawned them off. And he's never seen them again, you know, but so three weeks before I went to treatment in 2016, I stole four of his guitars, pawned them off. And I went to treatment. I worked the steps. I told him beforehand. I told him like a week before I went to treatment that I took them. And Like he didn't know. Yeah. Well, he didn't He didn't know they were gone yet just because oh. he's got a lot of them or whatever. Okay, but okay. I told him before he found out. He was upset, but I he knew I was going to treatment. I didn't know what he was going to do. He could have called the cops. He could have done whatever. That was a lot of money's worth. But... Uh, I go to treatment and start working these steps and I start going through this change, this change of personality. And I get to this point where I'm on step nine and I get sure God, I'll call it God place this perfect opportunity like he has with every single one of my amends. Every moment is there. And I got that moment and I'm sitting with him one night in his car and I started to speak the words to him about, you know, how I'm trying to live a different life. And I know that what I did was wrong and he did not deserve any of it. And I want to set it right and do what I can in every way to make this right. And one thing he says to me, it stuck with me. And this is probably three months into recovery. And he said, uh, you know, Tracy, I think that he said, I'm grateful that you took those guitars because I don't think you would be in the place you are right now. Right there, like I felt the love, I'll call it the love of God, I felt grace rush over me. Like, how do I even deserve this kind of forgiveness? You know, and he goes on to say, well, I went and got those guitars back and bought them back myself. You know, I love you, son. Like, that's real grace right there. Yes. That is a Beautiful. an amazing story because how could you have ever predicted that that would be the response? Right. I thought he was fed up with me, really. I thought I burnt the bridge with him because he's gone through many years of my addiction. But he saw an honest-to-goodness change in you. Right. And because he believed that you were indeed living in a different way and living according to new principles right and had a power greater than yourself in your life that's important that this change was real yeah and i'm a father i've got two children i would give anything 
in order to know that my kids were on the right track and if they were on the wrong track for any period of time. Anything that helped him get back onto the right track, right? Right. I'm grateful for that, right? And so that's powerful, man. That's yeah. really powerful. I've got many other stories, which I won't go into, that are very similar to that, where I experienced the same exact grace from many other people. Yeah, where it's literally like all of a sudden you're in the situation, right? And you're like, okay, God, I hear you. Because it's like, <laughs> it's just period, point blank, like super on your heart all of a sudden, like mm-hmm. somebody smacking you in the back of the head going, mm-hmm. Go on, knucklehead. Come on, shovelhead. Yep, and it's like, all right, and then you just, you know, and sometimes begrudgingly maybe in the moment of uh, initiation, you take that step into into the uncomfortableness and you just do it. I, I did want to throw in here a little bit, a little something about Tracy. Man. You're a friend of mine. I love you, man. Uh, this guy is, is really an integral part of my recovery and, I've known him since the beginning of his, and he's known me since the beginning of mine. Right. Last time I stuck a needle in my arm was March sixth, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. He came to treatment in the beginning, you know, April. And um, I'll tell you what, you guys, this guy is such an example, like such a positive example, and he has changed like immensely. Like he's even like in my eyes, like better than me. Like because you don't like ever swear anymore. <laughs> Quit smoking a long time ago. He's all physically fit and stuff. And I'm I'm still really rough around the edges, but I'm super proud of you, man. And I think that you deserve every good thing you get, even if you don't think you do. Um, you know, I think that humility is what keeps us clean. Um, so it's good for us to feel critical about ourselves on, mm-hmm. on some level. Uh, and I, I just wanted to put that out there that like, I'm really, really proud of you, man. And you've endured and you've endured and you persevered and you know, who would have even thought when your dad offered you that grace at three months in, you know, that you would be where you are today. Right. I mean, I know a lot of people when you had that thing with the pills that were like, like what are you doing you know like i didn't say that because i was like hey man i understand like the conviction of the heart if you feel a conviction in your heart that you need to out yourself or own something or or step in a different direction than you're currently going then you need to do that for you that's that's your path you know but you got to listen to that conviction right and that's what you did and you know you're just awesome a quote a quote grateful for you (laughs) that's that's awesome of you to say a quote that I think about from the big book, it's in We Agnostics. It says, the main object of this book is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Mm. And that's all I can say. That's what I found through working this program. And that's what that's where all the credit goes to that power. To oh, yeah. So I often say this, but I think it's worth repeating over and over. Step one's a description <laughs> of the problem. Step two is a description of the solution. Mm -hmm. Step three is whether we are going to choose to live in the problem or in the solution. So, I'm powerless. I am not knowledgeless. I'm not willless. I'm not weakless, right? I am powerless. So then if I am powerless, I need a power greater than myself. That is the fundamental 
truth in my recovery is that I was able to tap into a power greater than myself, a power that I didn't understand, a power that I had no concept of. I had wiped the slate clean. I hated God more than anything. (laughs) Talk about resentment. Yeah. That was my biggest resentment was against God. Right. Yeah, when you... I meant to say God when you asked me that very first question, like who are the most important uh, people or whatever that you forgave. God is definitely up there. With a bullet for me, it was God. Because in my mind for many, many years, that God took my mother away when I was 11 years old and I wanted no part of a God that would do that to anybody. Right. He ruined my family, right? I, I... I hated him mm-hmm. with a passion that's impossible to describe. Now, I had to wipe the I had to wipe the slate clean, right? Mm. And I kept I kept hearing Joe and Charlie in the back of my head. <laughs> that's again. Yep. Yeah. And they kept saying, "Just try it. Just run the experiment. Okay. Just do it. And if it doesn't work, then you can go back to your old crappy life, like." Exactly. Nobody's going to make you keep working this if it doesn't work. So just try it. And I ran this experiment and I started praying to a God that I had no concept of, that I didn't understand, that if you asked me to describe that God, I would have said nothing. And I started praying to that God in the morning and and at night, just asking for help. That's all I asked. Simple. I got down on my knees and I said, please help me stay sober today. Mm. And please help me do your will today, whatever that might be. And at the end of the night, I just said, thank you. That's it. As simple as that. I think that's really practical. My That's a good start. My first few months in recovery and treatment, I, you know, I had some of my issues with God too, but they said pray, so I did it, and I did it day and night. I still do, but uh, the one prayer I did, the one that I knew that I could just repeat just because I didn't know what to pray was, I'm sure we've all heard the Lord's Prayer, many other people have, but it was just a simple, practical prayer for me to say. And that's that's one of my suggestions, find something that's easy like you did, you know, help. That's and that's perfect. honest, right? right? That feels authentic to you mm-hmm. and that feels honest to you. For and me, for me it, it was the... Uh, my first sponsor, he was like, I want you to pray every day. And he's like, doesn't even matter if it's just, hey, God, it's me. He's like, just say something, something to acknowledge that there may be something other, you know, you out there. And I'm like, okay. And I did that for a few days and it just felt wrong. And then I had this bookmark. Uh, it was from a Minnesota meeting called No Bull. Uh they had their own bookmark and it had the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer on it. And I started reading those every day. Um, and mm-hmm. I did that for like the first year. And I, this was long before I came to Christ or found God in my own heart, you know, or decided to like follow Jesus. This was like before any of that, like for me, my higher power in the beginning was the collective, right? Like the group and the wisdom therein of the people who have done this and it worked for them. You know, I became convinced that it was working around me and I asked those people for help. And that was that worked wonderfully for me, you know, and it was a segue to helping me clean out the junk, open up that conduit and then end up finding the higher power. I don't know. why. I just wanted to throw that in there since you were talking about what prayer worked for you. That was my uh, 
and initial prayer. Three and seven became my mantras for 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 years. Yeah. Right. As I started working through the program, we have a we have a new bit. <laughs> we have a brand new bit, I ladies and no gentlemen. What's going on? We have a brand new bit, and I am beyond <laughs> excited to introduce this new bit to the Way Out podcast listeners. You know, Jason, five star reviews are the single greatest way that this podcast can get out, right? And people can find this podcast is through five-star reviews. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. So uh, uh, to that end, we are um, going to introduce a new bit. Here we go. In the spirit of encouraging you. We are going to turn that down and we're going to try that one more time. That was rather loud. <laughs> wow, dude. Ah, let's try that one more time. Here is our brand new bit. I've worked really hard on this. In the spirit of encouraging you. To uh, spread hope, man, we need those reviews. We need you guys to actually take a couple seconds, hit the fifth star, Write a little nice something, something that makes people want to listen to our show because that's how we're going to get this hope out there into the community. And that was 15 seconds of Jason shamelessly oh, yeah. and unapologetically shilling for five star reviews from you, <laughs> the shilling. listener. No, seriously, you need to get on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. That's good right there. You're a nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. <laughs> I know, dude. He sends me this thing earlier uh, in a like voice clip or whatever uh, on Facebook Messenger, man. And I was right. cracking <laughs> up in the truck. My son's like, "What is so fun? What did What did you think was funny, Dad?" He's six, you know. He didn't get it. I don't think he was paying attention, so right. he didn't like hear what you were saying. But it was really good. And I, you know what? I, I had to bring it serious this time, but you might hear me goof around on that bit if we keep doing that. We will absolutely be doing that bit again. Sweet. I'll be absolutely. I'm going to yep. have to start like working on responses for that when I'm at my house. <laughs> so we've got some calls. Yeah. Okay. And I think the first one that we're going to listen to is uh, 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 Big Jim, and I think he's going to give us an update. Okay. On what's going on on the trail. We got Big Jim, and he's got Big Jim's ride across America for recovery. He okay? just started, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yep. I've been following it. Yep, so this was on Monday. So let's see what he had to say. Hey. Man. Big Jim here. Colin is checking in, man. Everything is going wonderful. Uh, we have some new sponsors on board. Our former cycles has come through got my custom trike, recumbent trike delivered, and my trailer. I'm out uh, training every day right now, doing anywhere from 12, 15 miles in the morning to uh, 34, just get under 34. Dang! Uh, that a boy. I'm going to be doing on the, uh, on the ride around America is 50. Listen, we're, we're, this thing is really catching steam. It's really just starting to make a bunch of noise. And we have two hashtags that we're touching on this year. Number one is the hashtag recovery strong. 
and the other is hashtag recover out loud. That's right, Charlie. Yeah, baby. Okay. Why is he stealing my hashtag? <laughs> <laughs> Your hashtag. Put that in the show notes. You know, I don't know that Big Jim has ever called and got it all in three minutes. Um, (laughs) Oh, is that Jim? Yep. No, that's not Jim. That is not Jim. That is not Jim. Oh, here it is. (laughs) (laughs) That is not Jim. Nope. Nope, that is not Jim. Okay. Big Jim, you rock, brother. Yeah, he's never he's never gotten never. everything he wanted to say. In no, the he's got another three limit. minutes, and we just don't even got time for that. Snap. But we love you, brother. For real. We love you. Dude, I'm so proud of you, man, and I'm glad that you're getting some, uh, some, what do you call it, some, some like, substantial support behind you this time, because I really felt that you deserved uh, more of that on the walk, man. Like, you... You're doing good work, brother. You're doing you good work, and you've got fans and supporters here on the Way Out podcast for sure. Because you're well, all we're about sponsoring it too, aren't we? Absolutely, we absolutely, are. absolutely. Yep. He's got. We've we've been. Yep, we got. Him. We got on board right away. Yep. Yeah, dude. We got about this guy, Tracy. I've heard of him. I from that message. Oh, I he spoke it. at Grace, didn't he? Grace no. Recovery. Yeah, he did. Not when I was there, though. At the very beginning. I must have missed that week. Yeah, I, I missed it too. <laughs> but I know he spoke there. I was probably out of town. But yeah, he came in and supported our group, which is which is awesome. Yeah, he's, you know, I've he, heard good things He's about great. Him. He's he's phenomenal, and he's really dedicated to getting the word out on 
uh, recovery, breaking that stigma and recovering out loud. And when we recover out loud, we give the opportunity for people to connect, people to identify, and people to think that they can recover too and believe that they can recover too. And that's what that's about. We've got another call. And you know, this caller was just on the Way Out podcast as a guest host. We got Troy. Hey, boys. This is Troy. <laughs> Troy. Uh, hey, first of all, I just wanted to say uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, uh, you know how I feel about podcasts. It's, uh, it's an awesome way for people to, to get recovery. Um, and I just really appreciate uh, everything that you guys do. You guys are freaking awesome. Thanks, uh, brother. Second, your topic is forgiveness. Um, I think Jason really touched on it last, uh, last week. Uh, and when he said that, you know, forgiveness is for yourself, um, you know, for like people like our ilk, um, it's, uh, it's paramount because, uh, you know, we're trying to avoid resentment and, uh, uh as we all know, resentment is the number one killer uh, for us. Um, anyhow. Uh, sometimes uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's a matter of trust um, that I'm, I'm trying to fix or whatever. It's, uh, and when trust is broken, um, you know, I, I actually, well, I said I had a sponsor, I, co- I collect them, and I had a sponsor. He's our So it can be rebuilt. Um, but it, it requires uh, forgiveness. Um, C.S. Lewis said uh, something also about forgiveness. Um, he said, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find <laughs> He didn't come prepared. Come <laughs> on, <Come> Troy. On. <laughs> <laughs> Did no, he, he run out of time? <laughs> yeah, try, <laughs> trying to find it. Yeah, back again. <laughs> what the hell? He compared forgiveness to uh, uh, something like he said uh, on, for our soul. He said, remember, we Christians think we man lives forever. Therefore, what really matters is those little marks or twists on the central inside part of the soul, uh, which is either going to turn us into uh, heavenly or hellish creatures. So um, he uh, gave forgiveness quite a lot of power. Anyhow, I just wanted to say thanks and uh, uh, keep doing the, the good work you guys do. All right. Chris? Thanks, Troy, thank uh, you very much. You know, he brings up C.S. Lewis, and I did some Google foo. And yeah. C.S. Lewis writes about the problem of forgiveness. You must make every effort to kill every taste of resentment in your own heart, every wish to humiliate or hurt him. Or to pay him out. The difference between this situation and the one in such you are asking for God's God's forgiveness is this. In your own case, we accept excuses too easily. In other people's, we do not accept them easily enough. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're real quick to cut ourselves some slack. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Or but- it just completely omit our part. <laughs> yeah. But then all of a sudden, you know, we... There's principles to this, you know, when when it's somebody else's uh, wrongdoing or mistake where it's like principalities in this. I can't let that slide <laughs> I, with that story I shared earlier. I think like 
if I would have never owned my part in that, I would have never been able to experience the grace or the forgiveness that my dad showed me. And then I wouldn't be, I believe I wouldn't be where I'm at today. You know, I wouldn't be able to forgive the people I have in my life today and be free, you know, internally and have the peace in my life that I do today. I mean, grace when I'm offered grace, I'm able to show that grace to others. Why not offer it to them? Yeah. It's interesting that Troy brought up trust. Mm-hmm. Because I often think that that is a a prize I'm after if I am making an amend. Hmm. And I had to, each time I made that amend, make sure that that's not the prize that I was searching for, that I wasn't searching to earn your trust back in order for this amend to pay off. Or even for us to be cool, you know? Like I was told, because I think that's just natural, right? I think that's something that is is really natural for us to, to feel, you know, like okay, I'm finally going to face them and I'm going to say this. And, you know, like if it's it's hard to say it. So, like, I think we'll be cool again, right? No, you know, I was told by my sponsor that you can't have any expectations. Like, it's about the effort. Like he's he said, you're only responsible for the effort. You're not responsible for the outcome. You get, you know. And you often say you're in the effort business, Jason, not the outcome business, Well, because, right? you know, it stuck with me, right? Right. And, and I've noticed... Um, the weight that lifts when when you do that stuff and i'm not saying i do it perfect every time sometimes i have expectations you know this stuff with meeting my son recently and um that's been beautiful amazing but tough at the same time you know like he didn't answer my emails for like a month and it's really from the sounds of it he actually just emailed me back this morning which is odd but did not have anything to do with me you know and it and I, I, I can't even think about that. Like if it does or not, right? Like, um, there was times during this last month where I felt really, you know, hurt or sad about it. But then, then there was other times where I was like really worried about him. And then, you know, and it's just like all these emotions, all these different waves, you know, feelings aren't facts. If I, I could have easily and would have in my old life um, acted impulsively on any of those waves of emotion, right? Maybe send him an email feeling sorry for myself or maybe send him an email getting pissed off because he's not answering or who knows what I would have maybe done. You know, this program's taught me not to to do that stuff. That and I, expectations are premeditated. Resentment. Resentments. Oh man, that's a big that's one. Good. You're on fire, dude. Yeah. So um <laughs> here's the thing about um expectations and resentments, right? And going back to the ex-wife amend, right? There's a part of me that um that absolutely expected, by the way, we're all on fire. Oh okay? man, <laughs> every si- Every single one of us. 
You didn't We're on fire. Okay. Uh, I thought you had it ready. I'm sorry. That story, <laughs> I tried the to story you, you shared is perfect. Perfect right? on that piece. I mean, mm-hmm. you went in and you forgave her or you made the effort to forgive her. Like by making the amends, that's that's a real way of showing forgiveness, right? Or owning your part, I think does. But through you doing that, all of a sudden she shows up a couple months later, whatever it was, and she forgives you. I don't know. It's it, it it blew my mind, right? Because I had gone through this what felt like a monumental task to move mm-hmm. through this, right? Right. And apply program. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. when your first steps, you and know, your first big ones. You don't believe it. You're like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, right. all right, that's adorable. I am going to pray, okay, that she gets everything that I want for myself, right? And somehow magically, I'm going to now, you know, I'm going to believe it one day, right? Yeah. Right? And it, it, it worked. It, does. Think, yeah. it just worked. The magic right? happens. Yes, it does. Despite myself, right? <laughs> like these right. are the things that, honestly, like I I don't want to like people people need to know too. You're we're not we we don't like any you know follow any specific path or whatever here. I mean, we each have our own. Everybody knows mine, but I know there's been a lot of Jesus talk. But that's how I came to faith, man. It's and you it's, know what? It's, it's through those situations where. I just was beside myself going, you know, whether it was a feeling or, or my, you know, me responding to a situation that would have previously baffled me, um, in a just super healthy way where I'm like, these things that have happened to me as a result of this recovery thing are not me. They're not me. I'm not no spring chicken. I'm, you know, I came into this at 36 years old. I've been around the block again and again. I burnt it down and I built it up and I did that a bunch of times. And that's for me, that's enough said, you know, that's like proof is in the pudding. That's once you experience it, you can't deny it. You know, it's just the way it is. This recovery stuff works. It will change your life. It will give you the ability to forgive people. You don't think you can forgive. It will be able to forgive yourself for things that you never thought that you could move past. I mean, it's just the and way it is. Just be very clear that these, whether it's Christianity, whether it is Buddhism, whether it is Taoism, right? These are principles that are universal. Yeah. Okay? And forgiveness is a universally held mm-hmm. principle in all wisdom traditions. Right. Right. And so for me, one of the things that has become abundantly clear is that these principles that hold true for me, that produce this change, that produce the uh, the change inside of me sufficient enough to recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, these are universal principles. That, what do they call that in the book? A complete psychic change? Yep. Yeah. That's correct. Spiritually. Yep. Awakening. That's the yeah. spiritual awakening. So right? awesome. Man. And that spiritual <laughs> awakening transcends earthing. 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 Hey. <laughs> okay. You got something. Yeah, I got something. Uh I was thinking about so there's somebody specifically that I was talking to. I I posted on Facebook a while back, many months ago, about about forgiveness and why we forgive. 
and somebody comment uh, commented on it and s- said something about that sometimes people don't deserve to be forgiven. Mm. And I don't want people to be mistaken that like forgiveness is not justifying what the other person has done. They may have wronged you. They very well Absolutely. may they may have wronged you. They probably did. You know, I've been wronged in my life many times, but that doesn't give me the right to like wrong them back. It doesn't. I mean, so forgiveness has nothing to do with saying, yeah, what you did is okay. When I forgive you, that doesn't do that. Forgiveness is an internal thing and it's the way I look at it. It's not about saying you're right for what you did. Right. Well, you know, it comes down to... It's not an endorsement of it. It's not a... It's not through forgiveness. It's not that I endorse what you did to me. Yeah. That's the deep definition of forgiveness. It's... We no longer... It's actually forgiving them despite the fact that the transgression was legitimate and real. Well, let's, let's look at it, right? Like, is that feeling hurting you? Right. Is it hurting you? Because if it is, then you need to forgive so that you don't have to suffer anymore. You know, it's not about them. Because honestly, if you think about it too, on the other side of the coin, do you think they're losing any sleep at night? Probably not. Do you think they think about it? Probably not. You know, we let people rent free space in our head. And that's just how it is, you know. And yeah, totally good point, though. Just got to let it go, man, for your own good, for your own well-being. It's to stop hurting yourself. You know? So this reminds me a lot. You both Google food at the same uh, time. Yep, yep. There's a lot. <laughs> and this it. reminds me of Mother Teresa. Hmm. Right? People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of accuse you of selfish ulterior motives be kind anyway if you are successful you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies succeed anyway if you're honest and sincere people may deceive you be honest and sincere anyway what you spend years creating others could destroy overnight create anyway if you find serenity and happiness some may be jealous be happy anyway the good you do today often will be forgotten. Do good anyway. Mm. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God, or the God of your understanding, or your higher power. It was never between you and them in the first place. Wow. That's perfect. Good one. What do you got, Tracy? Uh, they I mean, that guy, food. that guy who con- commented on my post that I mentioned uh, made me made me look into forgiveness further. And I looked into a definition and it goes on to say forgiveness is different from condoning, failing to see the action as wrong and in need of forgiveness, excusing, not holding the offender as responsible for the action, forgetting, removing awareness of the offense from consciousness, pardoning, granted for the acknowledged offense by a representative of society such as a judge and reconciliation. It's different from those. I love that. I absolutely love that. We got one more call before we wrap up, and this is from Troy. Oh, no, Peter. Hello. This is Peter. Peter Sober calling. Peter. Uh, calling on the topic of forgiveness and... Um, 
this is a huge part of my recovery. One of the cornerstones, or the cornerstone, I would say, of my recovery. Uh, forgiveness is um, is one of those things that it took me a long time to wrap my head around because uh, there was some things that happened to me in my life that were, in my mind at least, unforgivable. And I think there's, there's things that happen to people that they feel the same way, that it's unforgivable. And certainly, um, on the face of it, that's true. Um, things happen to us when we're children, um, horrible things that, um, you know, are unforgivable acts. Uh, but what I have come to realize is that um, I had in my head that by forgiving an individual, I was, quote, unquote, letting them off the hook. And the reality is that the individual that I'm letting off the hook is myself. Yes. Um, something happened. Boom. Yep. And I choose not to forgive the individual or individuals, then um, I'm stuck in that situation my entire life. <clears throat> I'm being constantly re-victimized. And uh, I found that um, when I do forgive those individuals that I am no longer burdened by those acts in the same way or, or really almost at all. Um, also, I, I forgive people because, and that's an extreme example, but in, in, in other examples, um, just where people may have just kind of screwed me over or pissed me off, I forgive people <laughs> because um, I want to be forgiven. You know, I mean, um, I would hope that people are able to forgive me for things I've done, and I need to show right. that same mm -hmm. tolerance and afford that same um, capacity for love towards others. Um, it's in it's in the uh, Lord's Prayer. Um, forgive us our trespasses, that we, yes, we forgive those who trespass against, against us. us. Yes. Um, so, huh. you know, I need to do that. <clears throat> and finally, and uh, this is... Uh, Controversial, I think. I've mentioned this before in meetings and had very mixed. Oh my gosh! It cut him off right before the controversial part. I gotta, I gotta hear it. I'm, I'm at the edge it. of my seat. Okay. What is this controversy? Hi, this is, uh, this is Peter calling again. Uh, Way to go! Love it. The unforgiveness, uh, and that is uh, specifically self-forgiveness. And my belief is that uh, we can't forgive ourselves. It's not. It's not possible. <clears throat> and the reason I think it's not possible is is because when we go to forgive ourselves, when I go to forgive myself, I am forgiving my ego. Oh. Okay. Um, I I might as well be praying to myself. Um, I don't have the capacity, I don't have the authority. Um, what I need to do is turn to my higher power. My, power, my higher power has the capacity to forgive me. Perfect. Um, but it's an illusion that I can forgive myself. It makes me feel a little bit better because it, it satisfies my ego, but it can't be done. What I can do is forgive others 
for their transgressions, which are oftentimes things that I've done to others. And by doing so, um, I can be forgiven uh, myself by forgiving others. But I can't turn around directly and forgive myself. It's For me, it's not, not a possible thing. Hmm. Thank you very much. Forgiveness is received. I like that. Thank you for your honesty, Peter. I love it. And, you know, I can identify with this idea that um, I am forgiven through these acts of forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. I think we talked a lot about that. Absolutely. Yeah, we did. I also know how to Google foo. So there. And uh, Jason was feeling left out because he didn't, no, no. he didn't have a power share. Absolutely not. <laughs> I wasn't feeling left out whatsoever. I just had to go get my phone off the charger upstairs real quick. But I did. <laughs> and there's this thing. There's this thing that is perfect for this. Uh, I think it really speaks to what we've been uh, circling around this whole time. And it's it's a quote from by Yehuda, or Yehuda Berg. And it says this. Hurt people hurt people. That's how pain patterns get passed on. Generation after generation after generation. Break the chain today. Meet anger with sympathy, contempt with compassion, and cruelty with kindness. Greet grimaces with smiles. Forgive and forget about finding fault. Love is the weapon of the future. And that, my friends, is an amazing way to end this podcast. But you know what would be more amazing, Jason? You know what would be more amazing? 15 more seconds of you shilling for five-star reviews. In the spirit of encouraging you, the listener, to leave the Way Out podcast a five-star review, yes, here's yes. 15 seconds of Jason shamelessly and unapologetically begging and pleading for you, yes, you, to leave the Way Out podcast a five-star <laughs> review. Please, please, please leave us a five-star review. I'll be your best friend. I'll do whatever you want. If you want me to shine your shoes, pump gas in your car, babysit your kids. It doesn't matter. I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. Why did that time? It felt so long. Oh, yeah. Seriously, you need to get on that. Get on that. Get on that. So in the spirit of that, um, and you know what? If you don't leave a five-star review, I forgive you. Yeah. Thank you very much, gentlemen. (laughs) What a great podcast. Yeah. See ya. See ya. Peace. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out, where we share stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com that's wayoutcast all one word dot com or drop your host a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com there you can also find links to previous episodes on iTunes, Stitcher and Podcast Garden if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast contact me at share at wayoutcast.com see you next time and remember if you don't change your sobriety day will Intro, recovery revealed, and outro music courtesy of Ben Sound Music.